As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, yours. All right, guys, we'll start, you know, doing the actual podcast here in a second. But I just got my tests back. I tested positive for being very tired. Um, I tested positive for being a little bit antsy with Seth. We're going to I don't we'll just have to see. Um, but negative for everything else. Um, Nate, what what is your what's your slate looking like right now? You clean? Look, I get up every morning at 658 so that I only have to wait for two minutes to see if everybody's still healthy in this world. <laughs> um, that matters in the football context. I, I'm doing well. I am tired yeah. of doing this yeah. every morning, but yeah, it is necessary. And in some ways it's better than finding out other important, prominent people are not healthy in like the early afternoon. Sure. So I guess I'll, I'll take it. Um, I am also positive for being very, very tired. Um, and it looks like we're going to have a football game on Sunday. I mean, maybe. Ah, ah, ah. I'll, maybe I'll check, check back with me at Saturday at 7.02 yes. a.m. Yes. <laughs> uh, Seth, um, again, we'll start We'll start this, the podcast that we do, which is called Time is Ours on The Athletic. We'll do that momentarily. Um, but, you know, and I, as I'm Joshua Briscoe, of course, you know this, just the three of us right now. And Nate Taylor just sort of gave his report. Seth Kaiser, how are you feeling at the moment? You know, I don't feel great, but I think that's more a product of being 35 and overweight than anything else. <laughs> and also, you know, so this new stupid trend on Twitter, you know, how it started and how it's going. Yeah. I decided to jump in on that, and so I posted a picture of, of, of my lovely wife and myself, and then a picture of all of our children, mm-hmm. and I happened to be in that picture pushing a swing. And I don't really often look at pictures of me now versus me then back to back. Yeah. And I got to tell you, that, I wouldn't say it ruined my day, because my day was <laughs> going rough at that point. It was a bad day, but it like didn't help. And I like it was so I was it was so obvious that I like felt the need to post a tweet after like please don't ask me about the difference in my build now versus then it clearly I ate a toddler and so I don't know what to tell you 
But yeah, so overall, I'm feeling pretty good for a, for a guy that definitely needs to start so fasting. So, a benefit of the aging process, kids, get ready to get old. <laughs> Here's the thing, Seth. Get I'm ready looking at for this. It. It's coming like a freight train. I'm looking at this picture of you of you pushing your mini children in swings. I gotta say, you got yeah. a strong base there. Your technique looks great. Like you basically are driving a blocking sled, except for it's a swing. Like I think. I think this is I think oh. this is I, this is the the peak male body and everyone else needs to get with it. Absolutely. Look, look. Look. <laughs> my my technique is flawless. Yeah. My technique is flawless. It has to be. You know, as you age, technique becomes more important. Your calves are you rippling. You got to get it right. You can also see like I just think Oh, oh, I've got great calves. That that that's always stayed the same. I got the calves of a 20-year-old. Let me tell you. Where? Um <laughs> Like in the basement or something? That's you're a lawyer. You shouldn't do that. You know what? That's mean. That's mean, Josh. Anyway, but I will just I will say like my and my dad's strength is on point. I can carry an infinite number of groceries into the house. Mm. It's like however many groceries you can fit in a vehicle yeah. that you are capable of pulling up to my house, I can carry that in. It could be an SUV. It could be a school bus. Yep. You could pull up a Greyhound bus filled with nothing but grocery bags, and I could carry that in in one trip. My dad's strength is on point. Everything else is sort of falling apart, but that's okay. It's going to be all right. And so far, we're looking at a Sunday game because Lord knows that's not going to be subject to change (laughs) over the next hour. As people listen to this, like, oh, these guys were idiots for being optimistic. That's all we can 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 be, sir. That's all we can be. Yeah, that's all we Mr. can Kaiser. be. Indeed. You, Indeed. You guys wanna... to, to quote Chase, uh, to quote Chase uh, Winovich, it's definitely an adjustment. It's a crazy year. First off, aliens, they came out and said basically they're real and no one even bats an that's eye. True. On a side <laughs> note, they just found a friggin' dragon in Canada. What? A pterodactyl. What? Along that note, anything is up in the air. That's a Chase Winovich quote that I'm reading right now. I just Googled dragon in Canada. What? What? I think he meant a pterodactyl. <laughs> well, it says pterosaur because it looks like it walked. Oh, oh my! Oh my goodness! The flying reptile was mostly head and neck and had at least a sixteen-foot wingspan, if not bigger. This thing basically had the frame of Giannis. This is incredible. Wow. Anyway, you guys want to uh, do the podcast? You want to start that now? Yeah. Although, is yeah, every team that wins a game gonna do the? Hey, all the experts picked us to lose, guys. They, they we have a job. It's to say if you go win or lose. Okay, we all thought you was gonna lose. I'm <laughs> sorry. Okay, of- shout out to y'all. Y'all won a game by one point. Okay, but like, what we doing <laughs> out here? All right, the, how it started, how it's ended. How? Come on. <laughs> You wouldn't pick you to win last night, okay? <laughs> but yes, we can start the podcast. There's a lot of passion just for me, Seth, and Danielle, but I appreciate you know getting our energy up. And then okay, the actual po- the podcast the podcast starts at three, two. Hi, welcome to Times Ours, where our attitudes are positive and our tests are negative. Um, that that was a bit. You this was this was all podcast this whole time. You guys didn't even realize it. Good thing you didn't say anything. It's a good thing Seth was using his podcast voice and not uh, his his natural Brooklyn accent, which was filled with um, just profanities every every sentence because we, we Seth's brand would have been ruined. It's the Kansas City Chiefs podcast here on the Athletic. You knew that already. Uh, Josh Briscoe, Nate Taylor, Seth Kaiser, and. 
Uh, of all of those things that I'm going to read about finding... Now, this was from September 2019, so I'm going to continue trying to research a dragon being found. In the meantime, we are recording this uh, Friday morning, and as of right now, the Chiefs have negative tests, the Patriots have negative tests, the Titans have pe- negative tests, and if the bi- if the Bills play the Titans this week, yes. it will be on Tuesday. Yes. If the Bills play the Titans on Tuesday, mm-hmm. they were, the NFL will not make them also play on Thursday because that's insane. Oh, shucks. <laughs> so Chiefs-Bills would move to Sunday. And CBS... If the Titans get a positive test before <laughs> Tuesday... It's a wrap. Then the Chiefs... Then, then that game doesn't happen. The Titans get launched into the sun. The Tennessee Titanics get launched into the sun. And the Chiefs and Bills will go back to playing on Thursday. If you have any questions, please direct them towards Nate Taylor, the actual reporter. Nate, your thoughts. Did I get all that right so far? Mostly, yes. Uh, <laughs> they got a forfeit. Okay. They got a forfeit a game, right? At, at some point, you got to be like, look, dog. Like, think so. Just, just take this. Hey, someone's actually gonna have to hold an L this this year, okay? And it's it's you. Um, mm. No, yo, you, know, you 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 got it right. I think. Um, we're just waiting every morning to make sure that, you know, the rest of the day can go on as planned. Uh, mm-hmm. does this benefit the Chiefs? I mean, I guess, cause like maybe the Bills and Titans, I don't know, play a football game. Um, mm-hmm. but at least the Chiefs get somewhat of a normal schedule, which of course, two days after I've said this sentence, it will not be the case probably. Right. The other thing is if if the if the, the the Titans have another positive, the Bills will have been prepping for the Titans, and then depending on when they would theoretically test positive, two or three days later they would learn that they are now preparing for the Chiefs yes. and just skipping the Titans game. Yes. That would be, I think, the biggest the the best thing for the Chiefs. Weirdly, is probably for this game to get canceled like Tuesday morning. And then for them to end up playing the Bills on Thursday. I don't know if the NFL is going to do the Bills like that. I, I'm not I'm not sure if the NFL knows at this point because they kind of have this whole sort of like, uh, you know, improv everywhere, yes and style of rescheduling the NFL season. But that seems like that would be a pain. It, it does seem it's like not it would great. be a pain. Sorry, I got thrown <laughs> by how I'm so confused. <laughs> like, look, look, I am going to play the lawyer card here. Yes. My job is hard mm-hmm. and complicated and required a lot of schooling. And people tend to think lawyers are smart. Look, public service announcement. I know some lawyers. You know what? Nope. We're not gonna we're not gonna do this to people. <laughs> I mean, I it's supposed think you, to be hard. I, think you I can't get it fo- to people. I can't right. follow. I think you've unveiled some. I things. can't follow any of this. It's so complicated. I'm just like, I just but like can't what? Like, it's just like, well, they're going to play Tuesday unless they play Sunday. But they may also decide <laughs> all to play All contingent on, on one's ability to not catch so, a yeah, all contingent, virus. All con- yeah. That's yeah, all, all contingent on whether or not they test negative. But if they test negative, they may be positive. Josh, you're not going to get this reference. It's like listening to Gloria from White Men Can't Jump talk about winning and losing. Sometimes when you win, you really lose. And sometimes when you lose, it's just, it's too much. Josh, you'll never get that reference. Go watch White Men Can't Jump. 
Um, I'll I'll add it. I'll Woody add it Harrelson to the list. Basketball. Oh, hold on, I'll, I'm gonna add it to my. I'm gonna add it to my. Have you really list. not seen this movie? Woody Harrelson is clearly. No, I have. Oh. <laughs> Woody Harrelson is clearly a much better basketball player than Wesley Snipes. But put, put, and put him in slow mo. Put him in slow mo. You ain't gotta worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Now watch this man dribble in slow as, motion. As Wesley Snipes is pretending, as he's pretending to know how to dribble a basketball, it's like that dude does not know how to play basketball. And then Harrelson's like hitting fadeaway jumpers from thirty feet away, and you're like, "What is happening right now?" Oh, great movie, great movie. Um, what that, that's where you get the line. I told your mama to act her age, and she dropped dead. Oh no, that's, that's line good. is from White that's Men funny. Can't I Jump. Seen it. Oh, it's so good. Anyway, so I I hadn't even thought about what you just mentioned, Josh, in terms that, you know, some of the quote-unquote advantage that the Bills could, in theory, get against the Chiefs with extra time to game plan, because of the way this is going down, that advantage doesn't necessarily exist Mm -hmm. because as of right now, they're still game planning for the Titans. Mm -hmm. And if that just holds up for, like, another couple days... The Chiefs, like, the Chiefs in theory could end up with a slight advantage even if the game's played Thursday, right? Yes. I think that's correct. I think so. Yes. Now, the the Bills would have the physical advantage for sure, right? Because they would have actually, they would have have had a a physical bye week, but a preparation short week, which is, again, this being very weird. Also, the Chiefs play the Raiders on Sunday, knock on wood, theoretically, and nobody's talking about it, which I totally understand, because we're not either. (laughs) And and that's, it's low-key kind of a big game, because, I mean, the Raiders are pretty good this year, guys. Derek Carr's tired of being disrespected, and they, they were putting up, they were putting up pretty good stats, and I mean, and that's, and I, that's what I judge to you. a lot of we, them. We know that. We know if nothing else, you're here for a good stat. I, yeah, if nothing else, his base statistics are what's important to me. But I, I'm kind of excited about this game because I mean, you know, they're two and two. They've only lost to a couple of really good teams, and you know, Derek Carr. You guys know Derek Carr has like almost as many touchdowns as Patrick Mahomes and no interceptions. He's uh, he's thrown. I'm for, trying to get a sight. He's up. thrown for almost as many yards. He's thrown for fewer touchdowns. Um, yeah, the running backs have pretty similar numbers. Um, that Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, put them on the graphic. That'll be a good showdown. Their counting stats are relatively close. The Raiders are in Vegas now. <laughs> The Raiders are in Vegas. Here, here, here's something. Here's something to get us fired up for the game to talk about real football. Although I think eventually we got to circle back to the Titans, don't we? Because like, I don't know. No, yeah, I'm, I'm good with yet. let's 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 get our COVID stuff out of the way here at the beginning. So whenever it's all irrelevant in seven minutes, people can fast forward this part really easy. Nice. Oh, were you not going to go to more oh, Titan starting? stuff? I'm sorry, I felt like I read that room. Oh wrong. no, no, I'll start. Look, <laughs> I don't. Here's what I don't understand. I regardless uh, let's say let let's say the the Titans players happen to be of certain opinions in terms of you know I don't know I'm I'm not even going to get into I I just I can't normally what I try to do when someone does something I try to give them the benefit of a doubt and say okay why would a reasonable person do this right because by doing so you can try to find where people come from mm-hmm. here's the thing 
it really doesn't matter. Like I know Saffold had tweeted out, he's like, hey, this is our livelihood. We got to work out. You know, we got to make sure we can perform. And it's like, I, I, I understand that it's going to be hard for teams if they end up in a situation where they got to play a game where they've only had like one or two days in the facility, right? Like that's going to be messy football. Sure. It's not going to be good. At the same time, <laughs> other teams, like the Chiefs have had a positive test, right? Mm-hmm. The Patriots have had a positive test. The Falcons have had a positive test. The Raiders have A bunch of teams have had a positive test. And that was it. Mm-hmm. Which, is, which is encouraging, right? We, we've been encouraged every time we've seen that. Not encouraged because, you know, obviously you don't want to see anyone right, get infected right. with a disease and all that stuff. But, like, to see it not spread, it's kind of like, okay, so, you know, you can kind of, you know, okay, do your thing. It's going to work out. The Titans, on the other hand, get one case. And it turns into friggin' I Am Legend in Nashville. <laughs> I have seen that movie. <laughs> hey, good movie. Um, and it's just like, what what happened? And the, the, so that's where the one thing is like, even had this information not come out, it was so obvious they were doing something different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like, well, one person got infected, then 40 of us did. Right. It's like, well, that... that <laughs> doesn't seem like you guys did the things that you're supposed to do and so one thing i will say i don't want to see games forfeited because it has an unnecessarily large impact on the chiefs mm-hmm. for starters mm-hmm. i don't want the bills yeah. getting and, a free and win. financially it doesn't uh, behoove the league to actually have a forfeit because we we got to get these we got to get these game checks we got to get this tv ad revenue yeah um it, it, yes like they're gonna try everything. We, we right, need the salary try cap. Everything possible to not have a forfeit, but 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 you're right, Seth. For just the competitive balance, and I also have to add that 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 big thing called money. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> these games, these games may as well not happen if they're not on television. And if they're not on television, money's flying out the window. Yes. Yes. Um, and they they've what? had an opportunity for weird revenue this year. They got games on Tuesday yeah. nights or Saturdays or all sorts of you know Mondays. an extra Monday night mm-hmm. football game on CBS. Mm-hmm. And which, by the way, I it, you know it was a, it was a weird game. I know you guys talked a lot about it, and I had my you know quick drop in and all that stuff. I gotta say, I did not hate. You know, it's CBS football. I was like, this is nice. Yeah, I would on take, a Monday I would night take double Monday so night games finding, in a heartbeat. I and like you did, and look, you didn't, yeah. you didn't even have to watch the Atlanta Falcons defense for like a quarter and a half. It was, it was really, yeah. it was really so, nice. They're so bad. They're so <laughs> bad at defense, guys. They're like, they're like 2018 Chiefs defense, bad at defense. It's like, wow. Eric Bieniemy is going to get there. They're going to draft all offensive players in the first draft and really get that humming. They're going to look like the 2018 Chiefs, and then they're going to have a full defensive draft, and they're going to be in the Super Bowl in three years. Wow. <laughs> the Eric Bieniemy plan. The, the, the Eric Bieniemy game plan, which that actually wouldn't be a bad place for him to go. Everyone talks about places with young quarterbacks and stuff. Look, Matt Ryan's a really good quarterback. And you know they just have a lot of other. Issues. And he can draft a guy in a couple of years. Yeah. You don't you don't right. want to go somewhere you've got to draft a guy. I feel like I feel unless like it's like the number one overall uh, Nate, pick what? situation, you can get Trevor Lawrence because not only is he a great quarterback, so he's a losing? beautiful man. So keep losing if so. you're Atlanta. That's ah, right. Keep taking those. L's. Oh yeah, keep okay. taking those L's. Yeah, yeah eat those L's. Maybe keep James losing. But the, the revenue aspect is such a big deal. Um, 
because next year, there's already been a lot of talk about, you know, fear of what the salary cap will look like next year. So far, they've found some extra revenue, right? Because if you play a CBS game on Monday night, in prime time, that's extra revenue because CBS, guess what? They already had a game. They already had games up on Sunday. Now, you know, it wasn't the game that they expected to run, but they had games. So they've got some extra revenue here. Now, you're losing revenue with fans not being in the stadiums, but let's face it, it's the NFL. They'll sell a few, I don't know, doodads and whatnots, and they'll figure out some revenue there because the the, the in-person revenue is not that big a deal. They miss whole games, like you said. That, that, that matters. And the NFL does not want a salary cap disaster next year. They want next year to just go back to being about football because if there's one thing the NFL hates, it's doing anything but football. And so mm. they, they're not going to want to cancel games. And like you said, players get paid. They get their checks. So the yes. union doesn't want it. The NFL doesn't want it. So you're probably not going to see it as a form of punishment. And because that does unnecessarily affect other teams. Now, in terms of punishment... I do think they should throw the book at them because even if, no matter what you say, let's say every one of these Titans players recovers and is perfectly healthy and, you know, because they're in a certain age group and demographic, blah, 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 blah. And they don't infect anyone else and it's whatever, right? Which is the best case scenario and perhaps unlikely considering the numbers, but who knows? Even then, the sheer stupidity deserves punishment. I call it a dumb tax, in, in, in the prosecuting field. Sometimes you end up spending an extra night in jail before we see you in in-custodies because you're paying the dumb tax because you, you, I don't know, you took a swing in an officer or something, right? You did something so stupid that it's like, nope, your blood alcohol level is a 0.35 while you were driving? No, you are spending an extra night you in jail. You should be dead. Yeah, well, that's... That doesn't make any sense. 0.46 wow. is the highest I've ever seen. And you bled, you bled, you bled on the pavement, and an armadillo came over and licked it, and that armadillo is hammered yeah, that now. That's impossible. Is completely hammered. No, it, 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 it. We have a drunk armadillo, sir, because of your blood. We have admitted this armadillo into evidence. Its BAC level is above the legal limit to drive, and so <laughs> sometimes we make people pay the dumb tax, and it's not because we're callous, but it's, well, we hope you learn a lesson. This is a dumb tax situation, right? This is a, we told you, hey, all y'all need to go home. And they still did it. And the sheer stupidity, they deserve any punishment the league levies. If they said, we're taking away your first round draft picks for the next five years, I wouldn't bat an eye. If they said, we're fining every single person on this a million dollars, I'd be like, nah. Although that wouldn't really be fair to the, to the you know, the certain players. But it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So that that's where I'm at on this because dumb tax is a real thing. Nate, what do you expect? What do you? I mean, just like looking at how much. Obviously, yep. it's disrupted the Steelers' season. Yep. Move their bye week. It's impacting the. It's impacting the Bills, which is impacting the Chiefs. Like the 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 waves, the, the ripple effect on this is going to be substantial. And and also, if you haven't seen the report, like they were holding. Off some, some workout training, yep, at a pre- um, like at a high school, yep, at a preparatory Just doing some high school together. in Nashville because that's what you do. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Just exposing, <laughs> like you, do. you know, perhaps teachers, adolescents to a again incurable virus uh, at the moment. Um, here's what I expect, um, and this is more speculative than like 
legitimate reporting because like this isn't my team so like you know you, you can talk to people around the league but it's not like um i'm trying to get like something exclusive here my understanding is it wouldn't be like a first round pick because i think that's a little too harsh um and it would set a wild precedent for again like no one really knows how stefan gilmore got his positive test right even though he played on monday and as yeah. i wrote in the athletic he was negative Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday before kickoff, and then became positive, essentially, therefore, after. So, no one knows how he got it. So, you don't want to be too punitive, but you do want to make an example out of the Titans. So, I would not be surprised if it was like a third-round pick, and I wouldn't be surprised if this goes haywire in the next two days. Like, if they can't even get to Tuesday then I think they would be in play for forfeiting a game where they would only lose game checks. Yes, you would lose some monetary value from obviously not having the game be broadcasted, um, but that there would be some security from the Players Association to where they could make some compromise that, hey, the Titans are the reason why we're here. They get no money. They get fined, you know, 200 grand, 500 grand, whatever that may be given on previous fines of teams and, and like coaches of that nature, you maybe take a third round pick and then you say the bills, unfortunately they take the win. They are going to get their money as best we can based on all the money we've kind of put away for the unthinkable, which, you know, we're closer to that kids than we ever thought we would be. And we just move on um, again. That's a guess, but them pushing it to Tuesday is wild. <laughs> like the NFL is just like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have to play these games. Like there's like there's no regard for your family. There's no regard for like any like uh, how many planes can the Titans get off from here this season? Hell, give them eight planes. I don't even care no more. Like we got to play these games. So. I would say, like, third-round pick, you don't want to get to a forfeit situation, but they're going to be fined quite a bit of money. And it is their dumb faults because the league was pretty clear. Even before they had to say, hey, guys, like, let's just – I just want to say this one more time, you know, just, just want to <laughs> say this politely. Um, Darren Waller, lay you to death, dog. Uh, your story is incredible. Can we can we not have like if it's charity? Find a way to do it virtual, baby. What we doing out here? And you ain't wear your mask. You ain't wear your mask. Yeah. Frank told me you ain't you you wouldn't wear your oh my. And what and what are the Titans? What are the Titans? What? Can they were where doing I mean, Danielle, what with who? Her, I don't. I don't remember. Danielle, to her credit, sent us all a gift of Charlie Day saying, Get can it. we can we talk about the mail? And can we talk about the Titans? Can we talk about the Titans? What are we doing, guys? I have a suggestion in terms I've I have a suggestion in terms of punishment for the Titans. You guys remember what oh, yes. Mike Rabel said he would do to win a yes, Super Bowl? Yes, Your Honor. I do. Stop it. No. I think that's. I think that. I think the punishment fits the crime. I think you got to. As it the off. expert of genitalia operations gotta, in this podcast, <laughs> man, I wish I had to start down sir. this road, but it's too late now. I'm steering. I'm from Minnesota. We steer into the skin here, people. And so, 
as the expert, uh, as the expert in snip, snap, snip, snap here, because I've snipped and snapped and then snipped again. Because he's a my goodness, a man. So man. Because <laughs> uh, I am a man. Because I'm a real man, and real men are not afraid to be operated on multiple times. Apparently, let me just say that is not that. That's a bridge too far. It's just one too far. Now maybe. No, 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 maybe. It's just a bridge too far, my man, because you, I, you no, do I not think, know. I think Mike Vrabel's got to lose his pocket rocket. <laughs> you Mike do not go. know of which you speak here in terms he of can, how he can badly. He get Wowzers back in his trousers after the season's been concluded. <laughs> <laughs> they, can, yeah. they can put it yeah. back on after there, the year. Medical, yeah, I think that there, works. There's medical Science. procedures in oh. place. Um, they, are, they are less, they are less sure. known to the average man, but it can happen. Sure. Throw it yeah, on some ice. It, you, you, it's like it's like if you it's like if you lose a tooth, you can just put it in milk. It'll be fine for like a month. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is just gone so far <laughs> off the rails. I have so many comments that are just racing through my Let brain. It's just like one after another. Can I? S- no. <laughs> Holy crap! That was that was a great voice there. It was just so much energy of uh, of that first Ace Ventura movie, Ventura, Satan. And it was just so like, was, oh my goodness. Um, but I I mean, look, I did say no punishment would be too much. So you know, I guess maybe I shouldn't backtrack yeah. here. Um, but yeah, yeah the, the fines to me, the one thing is fines. It, I don't know. They, yeah, they it would, matter, it would be obviously. The too. I don't think it would be coming out of like the player. Like if you could ID all the players who were there, there's a case to be made that maybe you would find them an additional amount. But I think for the league to make it clear to all the other members, I think the fine would come out of the, the franchise's bank account. No, good luck to Mike Vrabel and everybody else there. I just. Uh... I I just would like everyone to know also that if you if you Google um, euphemisms for penis, attempting to find the funniest one, our friends at Manscaped have a list one hundred items long, and uh, that's that for me has really kind of just opened a new door in terms of uh, having slightly profane conversations in peak comedic ways. I might just sprinkle. I might just sprinkle in some of those throughout the remainder of the show, just to make you guys like have to suddenly like the show comes to a screeching halt because I say the phrase "disco stick." <laughs> disco stick. I think I've heard that one actually. Um, but yeah. So so basically, so that's we, all. That's all. We can so move we've on. We've agreed that I they should be fined. Lose draft picks, and that Mike Vrabel, and that Mike Vrabel would, would should have to lose his Anthony. Do we Sherman. think? Do we think that Mike Vrabel was the organizer of the practice? No, I mean, no, I don't. I don't get that. Sense. No, he's just um, he's, no he's, NFL he's coach just, would be that dumb, right? Um, <laughs> no one. I can think of a couple. That dumb. <laughs> you may. I can think of more than one. You may know it via text messaging, but like, don't don't go near that place, sir. <laughs> Did you? No, never text. Never text. Let me just tell people, never text. That leaves a written trail. You make phone calls, and you make them from places where you know no one's recording you. You don't. Don't text. Don't text your terrible plans. What you do is you text. If you if he had, let's say he had Saffold text him like, Coach, we're going to work out together. He should coach, I cannot support this dangerous and outrageous move that you guys are doing. And then you call him, say, hey. All right. Good job, buddy. I, That's what you do. But, but right. I mean, don't All right. actually do All right. it, um, 
nine on seven drill, little seven on seven, little little, little up downs, some up downs. <laughs> All right, yep. Let me know how it goes. All right, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See you later. Um, I, I was going to ask, did you guys? And, and I feel bad that that I'm bringing it up in this context because I'm not trying to dance on someone's career grave here. Did you guys address uh, the end of the yes, O'Brien? You are more than welcome to to uh, oh, yes. oh, okay. to continue to litigate his his career. No, I just I just wanted to say that what's fascinating to me is that. What they basically decide what decided was we're gonna give him absolute power and then cut bait four games into the season. Yeah, and that was just that happened fast. That was a non-planned plan. And like everyone's just like, maybe you should have done this before he traded Hopkins. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just throwing ideas yeah, out there because Deshaun Watson really misses again, DeAndre Hopkins. If the owner didn't authorize said trade, how else can the trade be made? So, like, what, what, <laughs> what are we doing over here, over there in Houston? I mean, <laughs> yeah, look, Houston. Ugh. But anyway, so that, that that was it. I just wanted to make sure you guys addressed it. Uh, not that I don't listen to the podcast on weeks I don't appear. I, I totally do. I just didn't this time. <laughs> It was the outlier for sure. Though. Don't worry. The end of the just, just, just check out the last what two minutes of the show. So just, just check it out. Yeah, I would say, I would say, give yourself the last five yeah. at least. I'm excited for it. <laughs> yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Um, all right, well, let's move on to something else. Uh, we can, we'll talk about the Raiders in a second, but you guys have both written things this week that I want to at least spend like a few minutes on each of them on. And, uh, one of them is still COVID related, but Nate, I'm just sort of curious. You wrote about, um, Patrick Mahomes. You, you broke down the film from immediately yep. after the game when he went up and talked to Stefan Gilmore and you, you, you zapruder it. You're like, at least he, he touched at least yep. nine yep. Patriots after the game. Um, but Stefan Gilmore was mentioned earlier. He tested positive after playing yes. the game, and uh, I'm just curious what you what you thought from what Mahomes said and his presser uh, soon after that. After the the news came out, obviously he didn't know in the post game presser. Um, no one knew. Yeah, no, right. I, I'm just sort of curious what you thought through that process, and and then what that what that was like within the Chiefs building and everything over these last few days. Yeah, so. Mahomes, like a normal human being, um, is willing to admit fault and is willing to acknowledge that, hey, we could be better at something. I don't know why that's so hard for other human beings in in, in leadership positions. Um, look, Mahomes basically said uh, he watched he watched the screenshots. Like, let's be let's be clear. Like, the news of Gilmore's mm-hmm. positive test came out, and then Mahomes was on his phone, just like the rest of us. 
and then saw, oh yeah, I did like dap up and hug my man for like, you know, 10 seconds via the CBS cameras. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, these guys are so conditioned and so trained and they're so much into the repetition and rhythms of just, I don't know, being a professional athlete that like, you know, when you play a violent sport, and let me say that again, violent <laughs> for 60 minutes, <laughs> it's so, it, 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 so much of the respect, the admiration um, comes in those few minutes or those few seconds where you could say, hey, uh, appreciate the competitiveness, you know, good luck, you know, for the rest of the season. And the one thing that most guys say that you can see on NFL films or, or any real, um, in real-time moments after the game, a lot of things guys say to each other is stay healthy. Like, we got through this game. Mm-hmm. Love you, dog. Yep. Stay healthy. Um, so I'm sure that's what the message was mostly conveyed on both ends from Mahomes and Gilmore. Again, per my watching of the CBS end of the broadcast, dude touched eight other dudes. Like, dapped them up. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's just it's a ritual that they do. But, again, he's wise enough to know and smart enough to know that, hey um, – can we, can we, I, I will be more mindful. Um, I will maybe wave to guys. I'll maybe talk to them at a, at a, at a better distance to practice, you know, social distancing. I know that seems weird to some people because obviously there's tackling, there's hitting, there's like <laughs> people, you know, snapping at one another with trash talk, probably helmet to helmet throughout the course of the game. But um, for some reason it is somewhat public health and it is also trying to be a good represent, you know, representation of what, you know, the American people should do um, as we all try to combat this uh, pandemic. So for Mahomes, the other part was, was that this obviously involves Brittany, his fiance to some degree, which he also acknowledged. Um, and the idea that like they're having their, their first, their first child, um, she's pregnant with their first child. And, which they kind of shared to us uh, via social media a couple a couple weeks ago, I believe. And so he's, they've done some level of, of of distance and quarantine from one another as he was hoping to get more negative test results um, after Jordan Tamu, the backup quarterback who was on scout team, he's yet to make his NFL debut. He's been the only Chiefs player to test positive during the regular season. And so, you know, Patrick acknowledged, hey, I've been staying away from Brittany. Um, in terms of like, hey, we sleep in separate bedrooms, and like I would think now that we're you know getting closer to a week, maybe they those two can get back to a normal you know a normal life in their own home like most couples um, can. But I just think it's it's honorable for him to say, yep, I messed up there. Yep, I want you yeah. know Stephon Gilmore to get healthy. He's by the way the reigning defensive player of the year. This ain't no. This this isn't any just this ain't another guy okay like he's a good football yeah. player. <laughs> the Patriots might have lost their two most yes. important players to COVID right it's now. It's wild, yeah. and so you hope you know he, he said, "Hey, I hope a, a speedy recovery. I hope he, he can come back." Um, Stefan Gilmore has said that you know he's asymptomatic as of a couple of days ago, so hopefully that's still the case, and he gets better um, you know pretty quickly along with Cam Newton. And to obviously, you know, make it, I think, somewhat more relatable to people is like, hey, I have a pregnant fiance and like this stuff is real and like she can be considered high risk because she's pregnant. So like, let's Mm -hmm. let me do my due diligence with the best information that I know, both from medical experts and from the chief's athletic training staff. So, you know, 
he wants to be more mindful. He's going to be better, we hope, after the Raiders game. If, we hope, the game is played. Um, so, yeah. so that's the situation with Patrick. And knowing, as of this recording, he's had four negative tests since the game, right? So you test on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We have now reached Friday. He is, as of this moment, a, you know, negative, and we'll you're obviously going to get another result on Saturday as well. Um, I think that pretty much just sort of covers the fact that also, again, by the time that people hear this, things are going to change. change. Yep. We're going to get more reports, positive or negative, and by positive or negative, I mean negative or positive, and we're, we're going to get we're going to get more news that's going to impact things all the way through the weekend. Um, again, the most important thing from the Chiefs' perspective is that the Raiders don't have any more positives because they had one earlier yes, in the week. Maurice Hurst. And, and the, the two of them figure it out. Yeah, with and, and like that, all the reports have been there from the Chiefs and Raiders that things are stable where they're at right now. Then what ends up happening with the Bills next week, we should have more clarity on whenever we do the show on Monday, although there's still a chance, I think. And Nate, I don't know, Nate, if you know this, but like, if there's a positive Titans test on Tuesday day of game afternoon, yes, uh huh, yeah. Do I, obviously, I don't think they would play the game. Would they still move the Bills back to Thursday if that if that happens ten Ooh, minutes before kickoff? Do you have any idea or before travel? That's maybe? a really good question because I had not, I hadn't thought of that scenario. My guess as of right now would still be no, um, because the Chiefs as of last night Thursday night. Um, and I know how the, the NFL and how the Chiefs operate. Um, everything is done in a pretty concise, quick manner. So once the league puts out, hey, the game's being played Tuesday now between um, Titans-Bills, the Chiefs' travel staff is the best way I can put it, right? Like, their liaisons, mm-hmm. like, they've already they've already readjusted their travel. So I think it would be hard for them if you got to Tuesday to say, oops, sorry, guys. <laughs> That game not going to be played. Mm. Actually, Fox and we're back on for Thursday night. I think the Chiefs would be like, right. hold on, dog. Like, I got to call what again? I, hold on. I got to set up the hotel again. I got to make sure our flights are, like, you know, situated properly. I Like, it would be it'd be a headache to readjust things yeah. back. And from a – and this is what Seth mentioned earlier. From a, from a understanding of, like, hey, how can we game plan for this? Um, the Chiefs would like two more days. <laughs> Because like, you you you've yeah. told them they have two more days at least. They have now Thursday and Friday before you know they would be scheduled to fly out Saturday for a Sunday game. So I don't think they could do that. Um, and that's why all the pressure is on the Titans, right? That's why the league yeah. is looking at them like I swear to God, if you go out your house, mm, I whoo. You going to get groceries? No, 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 Get a service. Get 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 him a service. <laughs> what you want a sandwich? And that's and that's and that's why Mike Vrabel's future's on the line. You know that's why not as a head coach, but as a um, as a man, as a as a <laughs> potentially uh, reproducing human yeah. being. The stakes have to be high. I'm just saying the stakes have to be you, high. This can't be. You want to go for a walk, S- sir. <laughs> In, in your basement, absolutely. Do some laps. I don't go to some push-ups downstairs. I don't mean to be like overplaying this or like overdramatic, but it is kind of like hilarious to think about. Like, no, nope. Roger Goodell's gonna go padlock everyone's do, front door. Do shut. you understand? They are watching them like their own big brother, like in the immediate. <laughs> like, I cannot stress yeah. this enough. 
They went through the Patriots film and dog. Do you understand the implications of that? Where it's like, so you're mm. telling me a franchise who used film to its own advantage is now being watched just to make sure. Hey, did Kim Newton, did Stefan Gilbert, did they wear their masks? Mm, give me that film. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. And now the Titans, whenever they can go back to whatever the hell that is, they're just going to be like, they're going to be, they're, hawks are going to be on them, man. Like, it's just. It's a weird year, kids. It's a weird year. Hey, when you hit that key fob, just know your every move's being watched. And not in like a uncomfortable, unusual way. It's just these are the necessary things that are have to happen for us to play. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? A football game. Not Congress. Not not, not, not your local, you know, situ- not your church. No, 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 no. Not your church. It's It's not even, it's not even like. We're trying to get food to certain individuals. It's all of this is to play a football game. Well, we'll see. Uh, follow, you know what I will say? Follow all of us on Twitter. We're all tweeting about this all the time because that's our life right now. So you can you can do that. Uh, he's at by Nate Taylor. I'm at JB Briscoe. Seth is that real MN Chiefs fan. And Seth, we got two things I want to talk to you about, and I'm saving Clyde for last. It's like a tease. It's like dessert. It's like maybe we'll run out of time and won't have to get there. Um, But you also wrote about Willie Gay Jr. this week, and he actually got the start against the Patriots. He got a good little number of snaps. You can read about this up in the Chief of the North newsletter, which you can also get all the links for and everything on Seth's Twitter, and I I am curious, I mean, I've read the story, so I feel like I've got, I got the answer key a little bit here, but what, how, how did the Chiefs use Willie Gay, and then how did he do in those circumstances? Sure, and so I, I did write about this in the, in the Chief in the North newsletter, which you can still subscribe to, you know, for the little, it's so cheap that I made a bit, I made a bitly for it, it's bit.ly slash Seth hates money, so you can go there. <laughs> I still enjoy that. Um, it's in it so work. it was it was kind of interesting. <laughs> so uh, first of all, before I even start, and I, 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 the the first line of this article is: if you were a listener to the Times Ours podcast with myself, Josh Briscoe, and Nate Taylor, um, <laughs> yeah. you might have seen it coming, because Nate. Which I refer to you as Taylor in the next paragraph. I don't know where it's this weird because it's weird because this whole newsletter is so frequently like very like informal, but like not in like an unprofessional way. It's just like it's like yeah. it's kind hey, of conversational. It. Yeah, it's and then all of a sudden it's way. like Nate, Nate. How old did you? You just had a birthday. How old are you now? I'm 33. So it's it, it basically it goes from like listen to the Times Rose podcast with my good friends Josh and Nate when they we yuck it up talk about Willie Gay Jr. You might know that Taylor 33 said on a <laughs> yeah. on. Monday, Taylor, September 27th, who initially worked at the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and graduated <laughs> yes, from... Right. Yeah. No, I the athletic reporter Nate Taylor, 33, yes. Yeah. Yeah. First of anyway. his name, breaker of chains. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> um, Father, husband, son, Nate Taylor. <laughs> yeah, yes. There's a whole yep. lot going on there. But you, I, gotta, I just got to say, Nate, you can't see, but right now I am bowing to the wisdom. Yeah. Thank you, That sir. is... And, and 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 we evangelicals do not bow lightly. Let me tell you. I would. This feels like. And actually, I'm worried that one of your kids I'm, is going to get turned to a pillar of salt or I've, something. I've become uncomfortable through the course of this bit. 
Um, so look, I mean, you, you, I got a golden, I got a golden calf and named it Nate Taylor. I'm realizing how bad this is now. Yeah. yeah. Is this, yeah. Is this not something I should be doing? No wonder that you sacrifices to you. What am I doing? No wonder that guy threw those tablets at me. I thought that was weird. (laughs) And we hit our old Testament reference. More old Um. Testament references. (laughs) People are learning more in here than they learn. You gotta learn through these tablets. You gotta learn these tablets. <laughs> you know, there's a Joshua in that story, too. And his role there is sure a is. dark one in that story. Hey, hey, Joshua, you see those dudes over there? You mean those few thousand guys? Yeah. Yeah. yeah go to work, son. What do you mean, go to work? You know what I mean. Now, what? You wait, up. Yeah, wait. you up. <laughs> Your you turn. Joshua. You Your turn. Turn. Who's with me? Joshua. I got this dude takes on the sword. Moses is like, well, that I was just gonna say to scold him, but sure. I mean, whatever you yeah, gotta do, man, I guess. Escalated quickly. Yeah, yeah, that really got out of hand fast. Um anyway. Also, now I'm imagining now I'm imagining um tab Moses throwing tablets uh in the way that Tom Brady threw his Microsoft Surface tablet last <laughs> night, which is just sort of just sort of Dang flipping it, it in a way that would have really hurt to been hit by. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can just picture. Dang it, guys! It was forty days. You can't wait forty. Uh, anyway, and then and then Moses holds up four fingers, like four forty four, days. Four. four? That's a reference. Go I just uh, want to go back outside. Look, okay. look. You know what, Tom? Tom, I'm I'm eight years younger than you, and I have those moments where I get home. My wife's like, "You ready?" I'm like, "Come again." She's like, "You're the birthday party." I'm like, "What?" And I okay, have no quick idea what she's talking about. Do you think that Tom Brady legit did not know it was fourth down or he was trying to work the refs? <laughs> I, 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 that, he there's can't, he no can't. way. I, yeah, I, like, I, there's no way I'm he would trying think to play benefit of the doubt. That's hard to do. I, it, <sighs> there's no way he would think that would work. It's like, I mean, what does he think he's Obi-Wan He does that Kenobi? stuff all the time, though. That yeah, oh, he's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Absolutely. Yeah, he's... he's yeah. Maybe if I, <laughs> no, no, it's fourth down. What? Right. You could even say, like, hey, like, you know, if there are fans in the stands, maybe they can alert you. They're like, oh, 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 what are they doing? It's fourth <laughs> down. What are they doing? But, like, you can't even say that. Because, like, you're you're, yeah. the, you're literally God's oldest quarterback. <laughs> you are. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> but no, right, sorry. Anyway, so really anyway, good, Junior. Yeah, sorry, Nate. You you've been saying from the get go in week one, Willie Gay Junior plays no snaps, and Josh and I were, as the kids say, tilting. We were not okay, <laughs> and you were in here going, "Look, fellas, wait till October, wait till November. Let's just see." And yep, we were like, everything points to November. Yep, and then he's he's right on track. He's right we'll on track. Ahead. So and so you called it. Well done, you, because you know zero snaps, three snaps, nine snaps, twenty five snaps. Now here's something that I want people to know: some of the increased snap count because of his usage, I'm guessing, is because of the way the Patriots line up and the personnel that yep. they use. Because he played, mm-hmm. he played a ton of Sam linebacker which I, I did put a link in the article that we're talking about here talking about the different type of linebackers i'm not going to get too deep in the weeds on that one interesting thing with steve spagnolo though is his sam and will linebackers they don't have necessarily the pure roles that you see you know strong side weak side he he lets wilson and uh, he let wilson and gay kind of interchange that if there was motion their their jobs changed so he had some snaps as a will linebacker too but the reality is, he never played except when there were three linebackers on the field. Only base. That was yep. it. They Any coverage type stuff, they were like, look, Willie, we're going to get you there eventually. 
we're going to go ahead and bring in Ben Neiman now because he knows where to stand. And you, when you're on the field, we're either blitzing you, we are having you in man coverage on the running back, or you are doing run fits. So his role was very limited. Um, He had very specific circumstances, very specific jobs to do. That said, he did those jobs really well. And one thing that really impressed me about him is how physical he was. Because we always talk about his athleticism and stuff. But this dude is out here taking on guards and winning. Like, just Mm -hmm. taking on fullbacks and, like, with collisions that made me go, you know, just, like, (laughs) hardcore filling lanes, doing what he's got to do to help against the run. And he was a plus player. Um, And so that was really good to see. He did a lot of the stuff he was asked to do. He did well. You could see his speed in pursuit, but his role was limited. And so I'm guessing you're not going to see as much of him against the Raiders because they're not going to they're not going to run out here with two wide receiver sets much. Um, So you're probably not going to see him. But I do think with what we saw, the goal should be to figure out how to keep him on the field, because I think he was better against the run than Hitchens or Wilson have been this year. Like, it's one game, and Hitchens and Wilson have more of a track record, but he's clearly much faster, clearly much quicker. And honestly, even though he's probably, I mean, Hitch probably has about 15 pounds on Willie Gay Jr., um, maybe the same with Wilson, but he's more physical than either of them at this point. And again, he was playing a different role, so that helped. Right, you know, you throw Hitch at Sam, he's just gonna, you know, yep. if you say if you said to Anthony Hitchens, dude, your only job is to sprint into this right guard, he would love that crap. I mean, he would, and he yeah. would do really well with it. He's got a lot more stuff to do, so keep that in mind when it's like, oh, he's so much faster physically, yes, but he also has the advantage that he doesn't have nearly the number of responsibilities. But they do right. need to, they do need to try to uptick that because the goods are there, and the fact that he is able, the fact that they can throw him at Sam shows what a complete linebacker he is. He is not just a glorified safety. And that was huge to see. He did a really good job. Hopefully we get a chance to continue to see him more. Nate, how are you feeling about your call and uh, what what Seth just said? Yeah, I mean, a lot of this comes from being around Steve Spagnuolo for all of last year and just his overall philosophy. Um, So, you know, I think the initial reporting that I had based on what I was seeing at training camp too. I think that also helps. Like I saw every training camp practice that I was allowed to see. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was interesting that they, they have clearly simplified things for Willie Gay and they're just going to build on that as the year progresses, which makes November a really important month. If we get to November, Lord willing. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought initially that he was going to be more coverage base versus being in base base they've obviously gone the other way which i think is interesting just because they do have been Neiman and seth is right about that um so it's like spagnola for the next month is going to give willie gay clear objectives if he you know if he is successful with those then he will add another thing to the plate as you get more complex with game planning for a certain opponent because you have more film on that opponent moving forward um i also think it's a little masterful too that because you have you know damian wilson because you have been neiman um you don't have to show the ravens willie gay you don't have to show mm-hmm. the patriots all of willie gay um mm-hmm. if these are two opponents that you could potentially see in the playoffs um willie gay will be a bigger factor in the rematch than he would have been in the original game uh it could be the same for the bills so 
all this is to say um, he's progressing nicely. I think because it was an unusual offseason with no preseason, it was only right to put Willie in this situation because he had only played so many games in college last year. Like, everybody mm-hmm. kind of forgets that as well. Like, mm-hmm. he had some NCAA violations that prevented him from playing a full 11, 12, 13-game college football mm-hmm. season. So, um, he's still trying to get back into a rhythm. They've made it simple for him, and the simplest thing to do for a linebacker is, hey, go go play in base with your other two guys who are veterans who know where to put you on the field and you go attack your responsibility. Cause you only have like one or two based on the formation and where you are in the down and distance. So it's smart. It's going to mean that he's going to add things on as the season goes. And I'm really fascinated how you see his numbers and his, you know, snaps increase on the defensive side of the ball. Cause Dave Tobe has already started to calculate less snaps of him on special teams, which is also a factor in all of this. Like, he's a four-core special teams player, but that may not be the case in November. And between now and then, Dave Tobe's got to start thinking, how do I replace Willie Gay if he hits all the benchmarks that Steve Spagnuolo wants? Anything else on that, Seth, or do you feel good about that? I feel good about that. And it's... Okay. They they have definitely had a plan. Um, And because they're such a good team... They've been able to execute that plan, and it's just been so impressive. And I got to tell you, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but so far the returns on on this particular rookie class, um, so Gay so looks good? like yeah, Gay looks like he's going to be a player. Sneed, player. I, for in the fourth round, it's like oh yeah, I'll find a guy who looks like he can be a starting cornerback in the fourth round. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Dana who a lot of people, including myself, were like, eh, I don't know about that. He's been able mm-hmm. to play and, like, be a contributor right out of the gate. Tershawn Wharton. Like, man, I don't know what happened with Brett Veach's first draft. <laughs> but, like, since then, he has been absolutely crushing it. And, again, you know, it's early. We'll see what the returns are later on. But, I mean, it's it's looking good so far. Yep. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions supply here's a little like trivia thing you guys might actually get pretty close to the pin on this one but my first instinct would have been wrong uh, and i have to give uh connor christopherson credit for this he, he uh, tweeted about it um do you know how many players on this roster were not brought in by brett veach so i'm counting like the the mahomes draft right because john dorsey was still Cause the that, yeah that was a john dorsey administration correct yes with do you know do you know how do you know how many guys on the 53 man roster were were brought to the 53-man roster by Brett Veach. Is it less than 30? What do you think, Seth? You got a number? Were not brought by him? I would say 21. I'm, I'm getting his... I'm getting Connor's actual list here. The number is nine. Nine? Nine. So, so Mahomes... Fisher, Sherman, Chris Schwartz. Jones, Travis Kelsey, Anthony Chris- Sherman, Fisher mm-hmm. Schwartz, Tyreek Hill, Tano Passanio, Dan Sorensen. 
Man, and so obviously you've got some great players there. And you want to know something interesting? Of those, really yeah, some good- of the some of the main guys were previewed, but they've stuck around. And also all of those, I think everyone except for Passigno has been re-upped by Brett Veach. Yeah, he's he's kept guys around the the, the core guys, and that's yeah. part of it. And it's that's harder than you think, right? I mean, that's not easy yeah. to keep the core together. That is nine guys, and so, I, I mean, a lot of the core guys now. Like, I mean, you know, the defensive performance that you guys talked about against the Patriots, a lot of those core guys, the vast majority of them, are guys that Veach brought in, that, yeah. that played well. Once they got he, that dead weight of that of that overpaid defensive tackle out of there, they looked great defensively. You weren't on last, uh, you weren't on the, the, the Tuesday show to talk about that, but getting Chris Jones out of there, I think, was actually a benefit to the Chiefs' defense. I will come to your house. <laughs> and that's it really just kind of annoy you nothing else just kind of come to your house yell things and just kind of be generally an annoyance um you know make jokes about your bidet stuff like that so that, that's, that's it that, that sounds like it's more like a mildly annoying thing than a real threat but yeah no right. chris jones one thing to note and it's good it seems like he's healthy again you can see the difference in the pass rush when he's not there um yeah and i love tershawn wharton and he showed he shed some blocks a few times but he doesn't have like any pass rush moves per se right now right he's just kind of this dude who's oddly strong and oddly athletic who's like just doing things right now he's like oh i I, maybe if i move him this way he'll get out of my way and sorry tershawn wharton like i'm it's no disrespect but you're a rookie and yeah, saying Tershawn Wharton isn't currently Chris Jones, I don't think is that offensive. Yeah, I think yeah, he just he just doesn't have the the same pass rush moves, and I think he might get there because he's got heavy hands, he's got some good strength, and all that stuff. Surprising athleticism, and if you watch Tershawn Wharton against the Patriots, like you'll see some snaps that you might not like, but you also see some snaps where he just takes offensive linemen and is like, no, I don't think so on this snap. And just runs away from him or throws him aside. So, but you you see it with Chris Jones out. They they need him. Um, well, they they don't need him to be a great defense against Brian Hoyer, <laughs> but against against better quarterbacks. If you want more consistent pass rush, you 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 obviously need Jones. So that's it's great that he's back. How dare you say anything resembling otherwise? Even as Lord, a Lord, just give me Josh Allen against a oh. free Roni. <laughs> Chris Jones and Frank I have Lord. no idea that's what he might so do. That's all I want to see. <laughs> that's all. That's all I need. We are all we need. are hitting sim game on the Raiders. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Here's here. Listen, we've got we have an absolute maximum of ten minutes remaining in this episode. We have to talk about Clyde. That's going to take seven, and then we're going to each take one minute to say here's why I think the Chiefs are going to beat the Raiders by twenty. Uh, so that is just a whole, that's just where we're at right now. But we're going to Clyde. We're talking about Clyde. Yes. Seth, you mentioned this last episode that you, you hopped in and said you were going to write about Clyde. I want you to, to state specifically what your like thesis question was, because that has to be clarified on the front end, I think, before we have any yes. conversation about it. Absolutely. Also, you can't explain it in full detail because we don't have that much time. You can read it on uh, on the Chief of the North newsletter. Sure. So basically, the, the, it's not necessarily about Clyde. It was more, as I watched the game, I got really annoyed with the play calling 
because I felt like, one, they were running the ball too much. And I stand by that. I think they were running the ball too much against the Patriots. To be fair, they did a great job against Mahomes, blah, blah, blah. But, yep. see, I'm blah, blah, blahing things to try to hurry. But now I'm explaining it, which is actually taking and Megan, time. Yep, I was yeah, staying out of the way because I can see it happening. Um, so, basically, what what I wanted to explore, because that was a huge narrative after the game, is the reason the Chiefs offense struggled. It's because they were running the ball too much on first and second and long, and it was costing them on drives, and it was, you know, it was, it was killing drives. And so I, I wanted to explore that, whether or not that's accurate, because I agreed with that. And so then, of course, I popped in and taunted you for a minute because that's what I do. But I overall agreed with that sentiment. And so what I did, I went back and I watched every drive to see kind of what brought it to a halt, what plays actually hurt it, and how often they actually called run plays on first and second and long. And what I ended up finding was most of the three of the, the most uh, egregious plays where they ran the ball on first or second and long were kills. And Nate, you you alluded to this. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't even do you alluded to it. You talked about it directly. The Patriots, um, they've got a really good run-stuffing nose tackle and a really good run-stuffing defensive tackle. And they trusted those guys to control the line of scrimmage with the remaining guys standing up and keen on the run on kill plays. And so what they were able to do on multiple plays, and those the thing is, all it takes is three plays to create a narrative, right? I mean, that, mm-hmm. especially if they're bad plays, because you notice it. Right. And they were bad plays. So they, they, they were able to get Mahomes to kill out of probably a pass play, would be my guess, into a run by showing him a relatively empty box, much like the Texans did, except the Texans didn't have the horses up front to control the Chiefs' offensive line. And the Chiefs, who for some reason kept running behind Schwartz and Wiley instead of Asamelli and Fisher, which is a whole other conversation to have. Um, <laughs> You know, it's like, hey, let's run a stretch play behind Wiley and Fish or in Schwartz again. It's like, well, maybe it'll work this time, I guess. Um, so anyway, they 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 were able to stuff those. Overall, what I found in terms of drives that were actually affected by what seemed to be actual called plays um, was was one out of eight. And Oof. so and that that and look, one is too many. Make no mistake, one drive being overly also- affected. It also it should have been two. It should have been two. You gave a pass on a three yard when it should have been two. That's the only. Uh, Ethan Douglas pointed that out, and I think that he's right. It should be two out of eight, which is still not killing the offense, but I think it should have been. Two. Sure. Well, you're talking about because there was a, a one yard, uh, a three yard gain on first down, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess to me, the and, and that that's something we can definitely have a conversation about because I thought about that, and, and Ethan's a sharp guy. Um, a, a, a three yard gain on first and ten. I'm just not as eh, about when really, I mean, the, the passing game failed more than the run game did on that drive. Now, that if but you're evaluating, even, hold on, you're evaluating that play though. A, a run for three, I just right, think a run for whether, three yards is typically a fail or at least not I, a raging success. And I think that's where you kind of get into that debatable thing because, you know, I had Mahomes hit that throw to Hill two plays later instead of overthrowing it by just a fraction. It was so close. No one cares. And so whether it actually hurt the drive, but then at the certain point, you got to ask if you're moving the needle. So I'm perfectly fine saying that one's, you even if you want to call it an arguable one, I'm perfectly fine saying, yeah, that's fair. You know, we could call that, uh, you know, two out of eight. And that's still too many, right? You don't want any drives to be negatively affected by called running plays. But it was just interesting to me. And it was, it was just an example to me of how thoroughly wrong I get it when I make decisions about how a game went 
based on just watching it the one time while I'm getting irritated. Because basically all my anger about it came from like one drive, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're looking for it. (laughs) So if you see something, and so it was just, it was overall what the Patriots did against the Chiefs was much more about how they contained the passing game. And they did a great job with it. Um, but yeah, so that that was really the point of the, the entire article was that it wasn't nearly the issue it was made out to be. But hopefully I was able to communicate that there there are still drives where it happened and there was an issue. But it's also worth noting, you know, early down pass rate, the Chiefs are still right there with Seattle at the top of the league, right? And in terms of running on second and long, they do it less frequently than all but like five other teams in the NFL. And that's after killing multiple plays. And so if there was something I'd want people to take away from, before you, even if you want to talk about allocation of blame, rather than just saying, oh, Andy Reid called a crappy play, give the Patriots credit for convincing Mahomes to kill a play and being ready for it. And I think... I think that might be the major thing to take away is, look, you know what? The Patriots just did a heck of a job. And so good on them. They they did what the Texans couldn't. Right. So here's I, – I, I want to acknowledge before I kind of give like a few things that I've been thinking about since I read this story and immediately wanted to do another podcast. Isn't taking <laughs> – other than other than being like I don't think, I don't think a three-yard run on first down is a success, but also that's not I, – I, I do not care to get hung up on that particular point. Because outside of that, what what this story wanted me to made me want to do was to pivot into a slightly larger conversation that we were having during the off season and then after the draft and then up through week one and then kind of fell off, which is like, and again, this isn't even really a critique of what you chose to write about because you're basing it off of uh, a specific narrative that you were seeing and a feeling that you were feeling. None of this is a value judgment on what you picked to write about. But I think it's really, really interesting that that we are talking about did running the ball cost the Chiefs offense against New England, not why wasn't the running game terribly effective against New England, or or did the Chiefs do the maximally effective thing against right. New England? That that we're that we're trying like it, we are so honed in specifically on like was the Chiefs offense not very good because they ran the ball on first and second down too much when uh, with with that sort of at least being solved to some extent, I'm much more interested in the larger conversation about like we're a quarter of the season in. How is the Chiefs' running game going? And like I, I've got aggregate stats that you don't really want to like go through at the at this moment because you care about like situational um, advantages that that Clyde can give them. It's why he was worth the first round pick. All of that. Like I, I feel like. We have passed through some situations that were not situationally impacted by the first round running back that that would have been huge talking points if they had gone in a more positive way, if that makes sense. And uh, I, I feel I feel like we're kind of ignoring exactly how exactly how pedestrian the running game has been since the Houston game, which I'm starting to ask questions about Houston at this point as well. I don't know if that makes sense. It's definitely a little tangential to what you were writing, but it yeah. is the thing that your story made me think about. Yeah, it, it's it's clear through four weeks that, that Houston was the worst defense that the Chiefs have seen and that the yeah. Chiefs have seen two really, really good defenses in what has worked against them in the past and the Chargers and obviously the Patriots who can shapeshift from week to week and still be pretty Damn good. Um, mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what happens against the Raiders mm-hmm. uh, because the Raiders have been somewhat susceptible to the run so far um, and to just running backs in general. 
even even Alvin Kamara. Um, not to say that he's the same as Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but like there's you know Andy Reid in the screen game. Well, he's he's, wor- he's well, Nate. Listen, I don't I don't want really to be silly. He's worse than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He was drafted later. <laughs> Damn it! Sorry, sorry, was, sorry. Look, you Andy can't Reed, find guys like that in the third round. All right, listen, it's I get it. Andy Reid screen game sorry, versus I'm the sorry. Raiders. It's a test of time. It's always now. Worked. It's gonna be great. It's Absolutely. always worked. So like. This is what I'm alluding to. Like, hey, maybe the screen game against the Raiders um, does what it always does <laughs> since Andy mm-hmm. Reid's been head coach. Secondly, um, I've 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 come to the conclusion through four weeks and seeing what I saw in, in training camp. And Seth, tell me if I'm wrong on this, but like, it feels like the Chiefs worked extremely hard on short yardage situations where they passed the football. Mm-hmm. It looks like. To me, they didn't spend much time at all running the football in short yardage situations. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's why you get the Anthony Sherman dive play two weeks in a row on fourth and one. Now, as the season goes along, maybe Eric Bieniemy, because I think this is his part of the offense, my understanding. Maybe as the season goes along, Eric Bieniemy adds more plays or they show more of that run variability in, in the short yardage situations. But it's so clear to me that one reason why Clyde has not been as successful both in the red zone and short yardage and why they've went elsewhere is because they just have not worked on that stuff as well or as as often as I think that a normal NFL team would. But the Chiefs are obviously a Death Star and they just throw the ball everywhere. And that's what they did in training camp. Like, what worked so well in the short yardage plays where they pass the ball against the Ravens is so much from training camp. <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay, this, all this is from training camp. But, like, I do wonder, as we get to, like, colder weather, we assume, even though it is a chaotic year. I don't know, 2020, am I going to get winter? Or is that going to happen? Anyway, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Is that going to happen? Because it's 80 degrees, degrees out here on October 8th. Anyway. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I, the Chiefs could draft a running back in the first round of every season ever, and I'd be cool with it if it would keep the temperature under 80 damn degrees. <laughs> but at some point, they got to get better at running the ball. I assume that they're going to work on that, but that's my hypothesis so far is that uh, it was not a high priority in training camp because why in the hell would it be? And it's sort of played out that way um, because if they're not successful on first down, I think every defense needs to be like, uh, remove the run from the equation, kids. Like, <laughs> yeah. Even if they well, are going to run it on second and, and long. Right. I don't think that you should very often really be running the ball on first down or second down. I'm still an 80-20 split guy. Like, in terms of how often I think the Chiefs should be passing the ball. I think that in terms of, you know, if, if, if we want to talk about, you know, what matters and what doesn't and all that sort of thing, I think you can look at every single game and find multiple plays where Edward Hilaire has created yardage. And that was always my point in terms of him versus anything else if they were going to add an offensive player. And they could have they could have added you know the tenth best wide receiver or whatever it was at that point. My personal preference was man, what if Rugs falls to the Chiefs? Like that was always what I wanted, something like weird like that. So I think for me, I as as far as situationally stuff, I don't really. I do think they they obviously need to clean things up because they've gone different directions, right? On like fourth and short, you know, they've let Darwin Thompson run, Anthony Sherman run, and that sort of stuff, which I don't think we're going to probably be seeing Darwin Thompson run on an important down. 
Yeah, in I think future? that one might. I think uh, yeah, I think that's going to be a minute probably for all. But it's it's a fascinating thing. Uh, so four games in. So Josh, if you were to ask like four games in, am I happy with what they've gotten out of it? I'd say yes in terms of what he's done on the field. Um, but that, you know, opinions can vary on that. And that's where it becomes, you know, we have the opportunity cost conversation. And as at this point, Veach has managed to dunk on us all by saying, oh, oh, because there's an opportunity cost, I might not get a corner. Well, I'll just grab a good corner in the fourth round. And that's what he did. There's not there's not a position where that's been more repeatedly done than running back, though. Like, it does—and I, I and also, look, th- having this conversation definitively four games in is stupid, right? Because we don't know what another—what Grant Delpit might have been three years down the road for the safety— what, you know what I'm saying? Like, what, whatever whatever names you, you pull up for, and whatever Clyde does over a larger sample size, if we're talking about the draft pick, that's a multi-year conversation. I'm not trying to pass— Definitive judgment four games in for what it's worth. Aren't you, though? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I'm really, and I'm so not. that's where, it, I, I mean, for me, I'm really happy that he's on the Chiefs. And like you said, I tend to, <clears throat> the minute the draft ends, I tend to, okay, is the guy contributing or not? Is he contributing at a high level or not? And that's it. I, 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 don't, I don't gauge, I didn't gauge Legereus Sneed differently because he was a fourth-round pick. It was like, man, this guy's contributing at a high level. Good for him. Now, with corners, it varies so much that I was like, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Mike Mike Dana, contributing at a, not a high level, but contributing and yeah. playing like an average defensive end, which is unbelievable for a rookie. Right, but I, if he got, but if he if he was drafted <laughs> at thirty two, the expectations would be higher, though, right? Should they be? I I, I, I think they simply would be. Right. I don't even know if it's a question. I mean, you, I guess you can ask if they if it should or not. But I mean, Breland Speaks was a story because he busted as a second round pick. They traded up for that's a, that's a black mark on on Veach's record because he they traded up for him in the second. If they would have taken him, you know, it, where where they took uh, Traymon Smith, then then he would not be a story. We're not talking about Traymon Smith. Mm-hmm. I think for me, because I view the draft the way I view the draft, I, and, and, and a lot of people base their entire coverage of the league around the draft, right? And mm-hmm. honestly, in my opinion, that's why I think, and, and this <laughs> people are going to hear this, and they're going to think I'm taking a pot shot at you, Josh. I'm not. Um, no, because you don't do this. And, but because it's coming up in the context of this conversation, it might sound like I think you do, but I don't think you do. Some people base their entire... The, the, the draft is the main thing they cover, right? It's like the biggest event of the year. And look, it gets the most clicks. I understand a lot of reasons. It's a lot of fun. It's one of my favorite things when I play Madden. The, the reality is though, a lot of people base their coverage of the NFL in part around the draft. And that's why you see takes get hung onto for so long. You know, someone that really liked, uh, you know, someone that really hated Josh Allen in the draft. You know what? Josh Allen's been good since midway through last season. And and there are a lot of people that didn't want to. He plays within the framework of the play, Seth. Let's be clear. <laughs> when he plays through the framework of the play design, when you he know, tries Cassell, to be Patrick Mahomes, it's a yeah. dumpster fire hilarity thing that I and, can't and imagine. I'm watching it. I'm still watching it. Well, and it's, sometimes it's, it's even that successful. In his in his last 16 games, it was Cassell who pointed this out. He's thrown like 35 touchdowns and three picks. Like, he's been good since midway through mm-hmm. last season. But people did, well, well, yeah, yeah, but it's college film and stuff. And that's where it took people, well, it's going to catch up to Patrick Mahomes. And so I, I don't really do that. 
It, because in terms of like, you know, where they got taken, yeah, expectations would change. So for me, my, my expectation is, is it a good player? And that to me is kind of where I end up landing again with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Has he been a good player? He's been a very good player. Has he contributed? Absolutely. Yep. So at that point, everything else kind of becomes noise to me. If you're a fantasy football person who has Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on your team, you need to be upset at the offensive line because yesterday, in a very um, masterful way, Eric Bieniemy basically put the offensive line on fire. <laughs> like, <laughs> essentially, was like they suck. I told them they suck. Let's see if they suck on Sunday when it comes to run blocking. So, look, a lot of this, like so much of the running back, is dependent upon. Uh, I don't know, teammates. And then there are other times where there's they're Barry Sanders, where it's just like, who, there's other guys in my uniform? What? Huh? Okay, I'll just run anywhere. Um, so I think for Clyde, it'll be interesting to see how well the offensive line plays because um, so much of that is going to be dependent upon he's going to get less snaps than usual or less opportunities, I should say, than usual, right, Seth? Because they should be passing the ball more. <laughs> like, they yes. should be throwing the right. ball all the dang time. Um, right. And they so, should be targeting him more. Like, I don't know. He he catches a few passes early against New England, and they look good, right? Yeah, I was and then, yeah, by that. And, and I know both you and I, Josh, that's an area we can come together. It's like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. it's yeah, his I, best trait. It's it's clearly his best trait. Like, if you look at, like, the route he ran against Patrick Queen versus Baltimore, yeah. that unbelievable catch he made against the, the Chargers that got called off due to a real weak holding call. He's a great route runner, has great hands. It, it's like, man, let's start throwing him the ball. Let, let's let let's get crazy here. Let's Brian Westbrook this dude. Let's throw him the ball 8 to 12 times a game. Let's get crazy. But they're not, and it's just driving me nuts. Yeah. The two, two things just that are, are again, I'm going to give you one sort of aggregate thing and then one thing that's specific that I think just, the, and then we can put a bow on it for this week and do it again next week. Um. I, these are aggregate stats that you're going to be able to do. What you want. Oh, also something Nate said. Yet the running game is incredibly dependent on the blocking, which is one of the arguments for like if, if you can even look at like Ezekiel Elliott as the Cowboys' offensive line has fallen apart. I think that might be the most interesting case study in mm. in elite running back to a simply good one, and then what that actual cost has been. Um, but like through four weeks, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is 32nd in DVOA among qualified running backs. It's not fully adjusted for opponents yet, and I'm just talking about him on the ground, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 34 guys qualify for that. He's at 32. The Chiefs are running the ball as the 22nd uh, DVOA-ranked team by just rushing offense, which I believe is accounting for all of Mahomes' scramble, which is probably why that's higher. Again, aggregate stats. The one thing, though, Whenever you talk about like the bigger issue against the Patriots was that the passing offense was contained. I would have I would have just nodded in agreement if you would have said in April the reason you you try to recreate the offense with Kareem Hunt is so whenever the Patriots are containing the passing game, you have another way to move the football consistently and they weren't able to do that against New England. Like that for me would be like that that would be one of the hardest arguments I would have to make against investing more in the running game in whatever sense it would be if, if it was here's our road grader guard or if it's our first round running back or whatever or or paying a bunch of money to interior offensive line then if you said well 
the, here, the, the reason that's going to be important is because whenever they play the Patriots, they're going to do some weird stuff to Mahomes, and the, the Chiefs need to be able to just to, to get five yards on first down and give themselves some opportunities, or they need to be able to convert third and short, or they need to be able to just simply move the ball in a different way. Like, that's when I would go, yeah, I mean, I guess if that does work, that's that's what you that's what we talked about again in April and May, like, was, was keeping the offense on the field more often by having another option there, and since Houston... I don't think we've seen that happen very often. You could probably find a couple of instances of here's where he had a nice gain after contact or he he threw down a little spin move here and all that stuff. But I also feel like if we went back and did that for Damian Williams, like we would be able to find some things where we'd go, that's a nice play by a running back that I didn't really expect to do that because we see that throughout the league all the time. Not and that again, many, though. I, how many times do you think it's happened with Clyde through the last three games? How many times has he gained extra yardage from what would be expected? How many times has he impactfully moved the needle in a way that he would move that that a replacement-level running back wouldn't? Acknowledging that replacement-level running backs are typically pretty good or at least pretty easy to sift through. Between 15 and 20. Meaning, you think that's happened 15 or 20 meaningful times where he, where he has moved the sticks where Damian Williams hasn't? No or, matter or, how much you try to caveat this, <laughs> yes. No, I'm, try, to I'm trying times. to figure out what your actual answer is because I think that, that number's yeah, too high. 15, 15 to 20 times. And here's, a, here's another interesting thing. You talked about running the ball against the Patriots. You might want to check out, like, if you really look at it on a snap-by-snap basis, it's easy to note the kills that they got. He actually wasn't running the ball badly against them consistently on a yard-per-carry basis. And that's just interesting. I'm not saying they should have run more, but I'm talking about in terms of whether or not they could have gotten things going. They they, they maybe could have, but it's it's. I think what we were we never talk about maybe being able to get the passing game going. That seems that seems like a cop out to me, man. Like, well, they you know maybe they could if they would have kept pounding the rock. Like, what are we doing? That's not what I said though. You said that you think that maybe they could have gotten it going, and they ran it. He ran it sixteen times. That's fine. Yeah, but I'm me. not saying that they should have. I'm pointing out that you're acting like he got stuffed consistently throughout the day, and that's not accurate. No, I'm saying I'm saying that the offense overall, like we had to go back and do a post mortem of why wasn't yeah, the offense right, better? Right, right. Sure, and like the offense, the offense was not fully firing. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, but then you end up in a situation there where you're saying the reason was because. You know the running game no, no, couldn't no, no, get no, going, no, no, no. and unless no, 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 not at all. Well, but no, then no, it doesn't matter. What I'm saying is, if we're saying if we're saying that the passing game wasn't working, mm-hmm. and they still should not have been going to the running game, why should they ever? Like, why should that be for anything other than the most obvious situations, like against Houston? They. So what you're asking is, if even when the passing game is going, they shouldn't run the ball more. When should they run the ball more? Yes. Sure. Short so I sense. guess short yardage. Yeah. Short <laughs> right. yardage situations. Right. right. I, yeah. I think also they need to they need to take a look at their kills and decide whether why they're going to keep doing the exact same thing that they've been doing. And so I right. would say because on one hand, so you've noticed you've created a situation here in which either argument is wrong. You can't argue for running the ball more, but if you don't argue for running the ball more, you're wrong too. And that's kind of a, it's well, yeah, a circular if you, if you can't argue for running, argument. Yes, yes, no, no, no. That I think that's essentially the thesis is you should not more heavily invest in your running game because even at its highest investment, you're typically going to be better off throwing the football at Patrick Mahomes. So don't invest more in it and, and just try to continue. Play, play stars and scrubs. Invest in the thing that you do best. That is that but is the argument. But once you've already invested they've in that, kind of you end up with though, diminishing returns. And so the yeah, idea they, is... Ca- right. 
Go ahead, Seth. Oh, I, I was going to say, and man, we have five in custody today. The uh, the the you end up with a point of diminishing returns in terms of investing. Seth reminding all of us that he has a better, has a more important <laughs> thing to be working on. Thanks, Seth. <laughs> and so if you uh. So, so the basic premise here is, again, well, we should have invested in the passing game. Okay, how? Because basically what happens here is you end up with the this hypothetical, mythical argument against the reality of what happens. Okay, and so that's where that's where I that's where I end up shrugging I'm in not terms even of some of these about arguments. Investing more in the in the passing game, but you you, you, but that, no, that's what you said. You said you or you can should. invest in the defense with your draft pick. And, and but the thing is, the defense is good. They're doing well. And so then the question becomes, is the player that you've brought in someone who's doing things that, that another player could not? And the answer is yes. And if that answer is yes, then are we going to necessarily be bothered by hypothetical world of hypothetical player who hypothetically might be doing more if they turned out to be as good a player at their position as Clyde is at his? And at that point, we, we, we do just reach this point where I'm kind of like, I mean, yes, if they had a really great offensive lineman available and he was able to start and play really well as a rookie and he was available at 32, then yes, that probably would have been a better pick. Or if there was a cornerback who was available who was really good and they couldn't get one anywhere else, you know, all these things come into play. And so I do think in terms of with Edwards Alaire and the Patriots game, I personally think his presence should have been more impactful than it was, but that was more of a usage issue than anything else. And so I, I can't so I can't really attach that back to the draft. And I think that's where you and I end up at odds because I just don't I can't attach every single discussion about every single game to whether or not the April pick was the right pick because of a hypothetical alternative. Does that make sense? And here's what I would here's what I would say that kind of mashes both perspectives. Nice. Um, and this is the fine line that the Chiefs are, are essentially trying to walk on the tightrope with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. They know that Damian Williams is not for law on the roster, right? We can all agree on this, even before he opted out. They also knew that they need to pass the football at all times. <laughs> so if you know... Damien is not going to be on the roster for five years, right? They decided that they wanted to get a player who could both catch the ball and run it with the understanding that maybe this player, more than any player at the position, could break tackles at a higher level than J.K. Dobbins. So they made a decision to say, this person can be effective in the passing game. This person can also run between the tackles. And we are praying on every Sunday that this man lines up, he's going to make one or two guys miss. And it's going to be an incredible advantage for us. Even when the numbers suggest we shouldn't be running the football. So through four games, that's worked once. You want a higher success rate. But they clearly made the decision that we need a running back. We need somebody who can do all things well. But we're going to shade to the player who can catch the ball better. Problem with that is they haven't thrown to him enough, as we all agree. And he hasn't broken the amount of amazing tackles as maybe he would have done 
had he not played the Houston Texans. <laughs> so the schedule does get somewhat light from here, even though you're compacting it because we're playing three games in 11 days. But I again, we could have a different discussion after the Raiders because, again, the Raiders' defense, not great. Not assignment sound um, on many of their snaps. So I, I just, I, I agree with Josh in this because, the production needs to be better. It's clearly what Eric Bieniemy said. While I also understand why Seth would say it's a longer season, they feel like he was the best player. You can't go back. <laughs> we can't go back, and you're just going to have to see how it all plays out. But their offensive line um, needs to do a better job. It appears that Clyde is very much dependent on the offensive line. And then when he gets to the second level, he's got to make something special happen one or two plays out of a game. Um, they could pass him more. And I'm telling Andy Reid right now where all the screen plays because, again, you're playing the Oakland Raiders. So mm-hmm. they need to, they, again, it's a tightrope. They haven't fallen yet, but they a little, little wobbly. A little wobbly, yeah, we're which two is weeks, why I can understand we're two Josh's weeks removed. Concern. We're two weeks removed from him playing a huge role in them mollywopping the Ravens. And so I, that's where I just, uh, to me, a lot of this, and this is just, and that, and that was the best, and that was the best statistical game that you would want to see, right, Seth? Yeah, where yeah, where you you end up, it's, it's both running and receiving, where the numbers are pretty right. much even, but it's over hundred yards of production. Right. And no, he didn't score a touchdown, but that's because they threw the ball to Eric <laughs> Fisher and Anthony. Sherman, they didn't do okay? that again. If you're a fantasy football owner. Of Clyde Edwards Hilaire, you must be screaming because <laughs> we were minus, we were five yards or, or closer to the end zone twice, and you do this to me, Andy Reid on Monday Night Football. <laughs> that's very, that, that's a very accurate sound. Danielle just just texted us to say that we just crossed the ninety minute mark, and we have not talked about the Raiders. Don't need to, kids. I don't, until until I don't, Monday, if they play the game, if tests come back negative. The Jets, all, by the way, the Jets all just got sent home because there was a presumptive positive test. So if the NFL happens this week, we'll talk to you on Monday. Uh, you want to say how much you think the Chiefs win by, Nate? 17. Seth? 14. Uh, price is $1. I think they win by $1. Uh, you can uh, follow all of us on Twitter at ByNateTaylor, at RealMNChiefsFan, at JB Briscoe. Uh, you can get a deal on The Athletic right now, theathletic.com slash times ours. Here's a cross promo that's not in the copy. Greg Marshall story. Woof a doof. Woof. Uh, not, 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 not good for my shockers, but uh, a great story that you can read up in the athletic right now. If you're a subscriber, go check that out. And uh, and we all think the Chiefs are going to beat the Raiders like in a way that we just did a 90 minute show and 90 seconds of it was actually devoted to the team that actually now plays in Vegas. I'm not even going to correct you on that, Nate, because they don't they don't play in Vegas until they beat the Chiefs. They're the <laughs> Oakland Raiders until they beat the Chiefs as the Vegas Raiders. And then we'll respect them accordingly. The, the Las Vegas Raiders by way of Oakland, L.A., Oakland, L.A., Oakland. Of Anaheim. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>